Hello and welcome to another installment of THC Tutors 10 Talks. How you doing today, Jock? Doing well, brother. How are you? Man, I'm doing fantastic. Just a reminder, guys, 10 Talk is a weekly show where we share our opinions and knowledge from our groves. If you enjoy the podcast, make sure to leave a review. We would really appreciate it. Um, we just, I think, got on, what was it, Amazon Podcasts were available for now, something like that. So yeah, uh, Amazon check us out over there. Yeah, uh, people that use Amazon Music um, that have to go over to Apple or I don't know if, if people are on Android out there and have to go to Spotify and don't have a Spotify subscription. Hey, now you can go to Amazon Music if that is where you're subscribed to or, you know, whatever, have a little subscription to whatever. So, guys, in this episode, though, Jock is finally back in his grow. He's been, you know, he's been in and out. I'm not going to say he hasn't been at his grow, but he's, you know, now he's back. He looked at it. Everything's looking freaking stellar um and then yeah we're at the end of the episode we're going to get into a little bit of my outdoor grow and my indoor harvest so jock like i was saying there getting excited about man how the plants looking i saw the picture today i think uh yeah literally today um you were sending me videos um and and they're looking incredible day you said you're taking them 20 more days so let me guess real quick you're on like day 40 43 maybe yes sir i think today's actually Day 39, if Day I'm 39. not mistaken. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, those are looking like some day 59 plants. I mean, you say 20 more days. I mean, they're thick freaking buds. Like, I, mm-hmm. I felt for a second that I took mine too far just because I'm in a super small tent, and I was running a very humid environment, so I was a little bit nervous, but they seem to do all right. Yeah, I'm also running a pretty humid environment. It's been a little rough, but plants seem to be loving it, honestly. They've gotten a lot more um what's it called a lot more trichomes since i was yeah. last here mm-hmm. i was gone for about four days for those who don't know had a little trip i had to go on and i got another trip i gotta go on tomorrow actually so this is the only day i'm actually gonna be back at the grow for probably about a week got him um, in the perfect time gentlemen yeah literally just woke up from a nap um it's been a rough couple of days but we're back Plants are looking great. They did great in the automated system. Um, I finally got everything hooked up to moisture meters. So I had one plant that was looking a little iffy. Um, wasn't getting enough water. So popped another hole, put another drip emitter, another set of lines in to my manifold. And now it's getting water just like every other plant. She's got three drippers in them. So I have one plant with three drippers, a couple of plants with two, and some plants only have one dripper. Um but yeah, I mean, everything's looking fantastic. Uh, my clones uh, looking great, even though they weren't looking so great when I cut them. kind of did a little bit of a half-ass job there. It's been kind of iffy. Had to pull a plant out of the big tent and re-veg just in case because I was a little scared. I wasn't going to get any clones rooted. But I have four rooted in solo cups, and they're looking fantastic, honestly. They did probably about two, three inches since I left. Um, haven't gotten water for about four days. I think I might push them a couple more days no water i mean actually i can't because i'm gonna leave but yeah i'll probably give a little bit of water tomorrow um yep and then just push them that few days uh with no water that caveman caveman cloning my man i mean we gotta we gotta like i mean for for the home growers we've, we've been thinking a lot recently uh uh 
with the viewers and stuff and, and just talking to some people that some of the viewers out there and it's like, there are some, there's some really cool stuff that we're thinking about doing because not everybody has clone trays. Um, I try to go that standard clone tray route, but a lot of people they are like just getting into it, you know? So mm-hmm. giving them an SOP for solo cup cloning might be the wave to go. I know a lot of people also, you know, um, Canada, we have some viewers up in Canada. You're only allowed to grow four plants two in veg and two in flower. So it's kind of hard for those guys to do like the sea of green methods that we're doing and stuff like that. So I really want to um, start uh, doing some stuff with, with more single plant doing bigger things. You know, maybe I might, maybe my next grow, I might have one side that I'm doing sea of green style and the other side that I'm just doing one plant and I can show people kind of uh, what, what you can expect, you know? popped on an athena podcast um and i was listening and they were saying that nine plants in a four by four area is ideal for air movement air quality and just overall yield um Mm -hmm. that's the best quality that's the best number of plants to the best quality ratio if that makes Mm -hmm. sense so I'm thinking I might cut down on the amount of plants that I start running because a, I'm one person, and B, yeah, fifteen plants in harvest uh, is gonna be it's gonna be rough. Even though I did a nice super crop on them, I mean, I think it's still gonna be really tight. And when I ran nine, it was tight, but arguably my canopy was nicer. I had less of a pyramid shape um, canopy like I do yeah. right now. Yeah, so. I've kind of been debating that all day. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm uh, also, I think I, I listened to that same podcast. And just to just to mention real quick, I'm pretty sure that they stated too that they did uh, two gallon pots, nine plants in a four bay, uh, four by four, two gallon pots. So for a lot of growers, especially home growers, that gives you um, time in the morning, right when the lights turn on to just water them and they have enough, you know, water stores to be good for the night and not have to worry about them. So that's awesome. Especially, you know, you running irrigation strategies, even, uh, going to a two gallon is, is kind of what people say is simpler because your numbers decrease slower. Like in, in a one gallons, what I've really noticed is you hit this kind of barrier, where you just start to get ginormous drybacks no matter what you do. It's not like you can't really control it. It's like you'll be watering all day, keeping them very, very vegetative leaning, and you'll get a 60% dryback. And that's just, you know, showing you really that you took the two, the plant a little bit too hard in um, veg, a little bit too far in veg. But for the people out there, I mean, there's just good, if, if you want to keep stuff simple, upgrade to a two-gallon pot. I think that's one thing I'm thinking about doing Again, what you're thinking about doing next grow, changing up a little bit. I'm thinking about doing just a three gallon, um, some three gallon pots, just because I think it would be fun. And I am running the, uh, I'm doing a monocrop again of the raining guavas, and I would love to see how they differently. You know, you've already grown them in a one gallon pot. I'm doing, we, we've already had the discussion, but I'm, I'm doing basically the same nutrient ratios you're doing for this grow, this next grow. I'm not using Athena for this grow. Um, I'm going to do the same, basically the same nutrient ratios you're using. And, I'm like, you know what? But people always talk about how morphology is different in bigger pots. 
So let's see, you know, let's do mm-hmm. uh, raining guava in a bigger pot and see if you have more of the foxtail buds, which is definitely, there's a market for those. I've, I've heard a lot of people that love just the look of how they'll, they'll spew out. Um, but then there's also the market for maybe a thicker bud, maybe a, a, a more, uh, just a, an OG looking bud. And it'd be interesting to see if you up the pot size with, with a, a different strain, a certain strain, if it changes the bud morphology at all. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely seen a difference in the bud morphology between like where the bud is located mm-hmm. in the canopy. So my my higher buds are definitely looking a little bit more foxtaily. But you mm-hmm. saw that one bud that I put my hand in front of in that video I sent you. That was that was right next to where the trellis is, and that was that was a pretty thick bud. That took yeah. up about half my palm. Yeah. And a lot of, I mean, a lot of scientifically, a lot of that morphology is based on the difference of light intensity. So you're having mm-hmm. a, you're, you're getting a crazy amount of light intensity on the top. And, and I, I, you know, I don't know exactly what's happening, but this is, is what, you know, Bruce Bugby of Utah State has done research in this. And it's like, it's just, you're, you're oversupplying um, the light to the top. And I don't know, it, it's a question, right? You're trying to get a high quality. So if, if you're, 100%. your buds are thicker with a lower PPFD, Maybe it's worth it to turn down the light a little bit. You know, it's, but it's that question. You have the space where you have to turn the light up all the way. So interesting. You're playing playing this different thing. Interestingly, my light is actually a lot lower than it was last grow because last grow, I hit them with 100% um, throughout all of flower. And right now I'm running just 80. And they're, they're, they're stretching. I think I honestly think that I made the mistake of not cranking it up to 100 and just stunting them like I did last time and kind of yeah. stopping that stretch because now, I mean, we're day 39. And I mean, those plants still grew when I was gone for these past four days. Oh, yeah. And that's, you know, it's I've I've had that same thing. And I truthfully, I think in all honesty, I think it's because you're you're oversupplying nitrogen is the best way, you know, the simplest way for me to put this um, in the stretch phase. A lot of people these days, especially if, if you look, they're starting to start out really high nitrogen and then they just taper off. And by, you know, week six, week seven, you're, you know, you might be similar to the amount of nitrogen in the plant, but the amount of nitrogen you're actually giving the plant is totally different because your, nitro- your, your nitrogen is stored in the plant. Um, mm-hmm. But that's a discussion for a different day. Um, yeah, comment, guys. If, if you guys are interested, we have these Spotify questions. And if you guys are interested in hearing more about any topic that we're talking about, please uh, just just leave a little comment there. So, 100%. But um, enough about my fun indoor. Let's uh, get into this crazy outdoor that you've been trying to get going for the past week or two. Um, I know you were telling us like about last podcast i believe you were tilling your soil you just got your soil test so tell me what's going on we saw you planted them so how are they doing yeah i want to do you know a quick little run through just basically the they uh they went in really nice did a nice transplant little micro tea over everything got it saturated didn't water since ended up watering today um because everything it's not that Everything is incredibly dry. Um, they definitely could go maybe two more days, three more days with no water. It's more, they were just burning. 
I don't know what happened if it was just transplant shock, but one of them is getting a, a, an immense amount of pest pressure. So that one you can honestly just kiss goodbye. That's kind of like the one where the pet, you know, that's the deterrent plant, you know, so mm-hmm. all the pests can go to that one. And that one's just getting eaten alive uh, by caterpillars and all type of stuff. But all the other ones are not, they don't have any pest problems. Um, a few of them though are just not happy, right? Um, we're seeing, uh, I thought it was overwatering, um, but you're seeing the the bending down of leaves and stuff like that. Um, necrosis is starting on a few of the plants, which just means there's some type of deficiency. And honestly, I think what I did uh, uh, the and to note the clones are doing much better than the seeds. And what I really think is happening for the people that wonder is is. I'm giving these plants such an easy way to live in a tent, right? Where they don't have to work for light. They don't have to work for airflow. They don't have to work for um, uh, nutrients, right? I'm basically just feeding them. I'm giving them a plate of nutrients every night. Now I'm putting them out where they now have to dig into the soil to look for certain uh, nutrients and stuff like that. And that's I think that that's really tough for these seeds to do, which has been hand fed where the clones are more used to saying, uh, hey, we need to grow more. We just need to grow a bigger root mass. So they're they're growing a, root, a bigger root mass. And and two of them, two of them are incredibly happy. Right. But one of them, of course, is is not uh, one of them's dead. And I would say three or four of them, the other seedlings aren't that happy. Um, will they make it through? I think so, but right now we're not seeing any substantial growth. Um, maybe a few centimeters, but nothing has really happened. So, okay. Well, I am very sad to hear that about the outdoors. And which which strains were these outdoors? I mean, we had a lot of different ones. I mean, these are the the seeds are my crosses, so just blame okay. me, right? I mean, true OG crosses, and then I have the I put one of the. I mean, the best one out there right now is Ibean Poppins uh, Raining Guava number 11. So that one is killing it the most. It's alive. I mean, it could be because it's the oldest uh, in reality, right? It has the most developed root system. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that one's cranking along. Uh, and then the other ones are Papaya GMO. I have one of I have one of the, which is like the Gax movie, which is the one that I'm, I'm I just harvested Harvested. Mm -hmm. and i have one extra of that so i have the mom and then i have one extra and i think the one that's dying i'm just gonna put the other gax movie there just as a replacement plant keep it going so okay do you think any of them could make it or you think they're all goners i just i'm in i'm in such a weird place i mean i'm doing a lot of research i'm just in such a weird place where i'm still looking at my soil tests and seeing it and it's like the reality is, is I think it just needs time. It needs compost. It needs organic matter. I mean, I'm digging a little bit where the plants aren't sometimes like a, a, a day ago. I was, I was just digging where the plants weren't and I found a few worms, just tiny little guys. Um, but what I really want are, are starting to see more worms, more bugs, more, more diversity. Um, okay. people think bugs are bad. Spiders are bad. I haven't seen a single spider and, this is the big thing. When you, where you see spiders, there's a lot of diversity. Those spiders are eaten. It doesn't matter if they're wolf spiders or they're just tiny little jumping spiders, anything like that. These spiders are eaten. As long as they're not making a nest in your plant, which most likely they won't because they have all of that mulch to make their little dens in. I mean, guys, you got to see the spiders. 
and and then that will show you that you have a good diversity and those are great freaking those are great freaking little defenders dude if anything that crazy is going to come in there a caterpillar bro a wolf spider will eat up a caterpillar real quick hell yeah hell yeah so. well it's never over until it's over so got to keep hoping keep feeding them and hope for and, the best and- I think patience. I think the biggest thing with outdoor is patience. Growers always want to do, but the biggest thing you can do is let mother nature do her thing. And so many of the indoor guys, you cannot push a mother nature. I think it's, I'm trying to rebuild the soil. Soil wants to do it slower. Mother nature wants these plants to die. It's not that I'm necessarily killing them. There are things I could have done better, but the idea is, is that you're doing a lot. Um, of what you can do as the the laborer, uh, but you are just a worker for Mother Nature at this point. So, hundred percent. Speaking of Mother Nature, how are the indoors then? Since you are Mother Nature inside, <laughs> yes, I you you know um, your father, son, and Mother Nature inside, and mm-hmm. I I did a little harvest. Posted that on the Instagram. I'm about to get some pictures up this week, so we're gonna, we're gonna yeah. see some posts on that. A little little. Uh, description on on what happened during the crow and stuff like that um not ideal temperatures i had a whole conversation i just want to you know quickly go through this but i had a whole conversation with uh, our good friend dk um over there um he's a good follower of the show good listener and he was talking about hey you know i keep reading how you have to have these ideal temperatures for for drying and all this stuff and and i'm just like dude you know you do not it's so hard for ideal indoors Uh, Mm -hmm. and i've dried some stuff in some crazy conditions no mold no nothing and this is my biggest takeaway from uh drying keep your humidity in about 55 to 60 humidity is more important than temperature yes temperature will degrade your buds um, degrade your terps and all that type of stuff all that type of jazz and i think that's the main reason why you want to keep it colder is to enhance quality um yes when you i've had stuff dried at 78 um and it was lackluster it was mids right still smoked i still smoked it but it wasn't the best and i know it was not the true quality of what that plant was showing on or what that uh bud was showing on the plant but i think ideally it terps start degrading at 75 degrees uh which is the bud temp not the actual temp of everything around it so the bud and the temp of the plant is ideally going to be a little bit cooler than everything around it. Um, But just try to keep your room under 75. I think great temperature to start at because it's room temperature is 72 and 60. So if you can keep your room, I know AC is going to cost a little bit more there in the summer. That's one thing I turned my girlfriend is like, Hey, I turned off all the lights. So now all that money, all that water is going straight into the AC because I'm going to need it. Um, And it's uh, right now I'm keeping everything. And now everything's about 70. I would say everything's about 70 to 74 and we're going about 55 to 60 uh, percent relative humidity. Um, You are sometimes guys going to get a little bit of alfalfa smell on your stuff. If you're going a little bit outside of uh, the ideal ranges, which if anybody's wondering my opinion on ideal ranges, the best bud I've smoked is dried in a 60 60 and it is cured for 14 days. It's the hang cure. And normally growers will cure that for about a month. So people say, oh, you dry it for 14 days, you can just sell it. Yeah, it's going to be smoking white ash, which is that the quality. Terpenes change when they cure. There's literally science on this. So if your buds taste better cured, 
there's a true science to that. They really do. Mine definitely do. I mean, my jars are still changing in smell, and it's been three, four months. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, and they're I not mean, less loud. That's the biggest part. Is people think like they're less loud. Like terpenes will oxidize. No, or, they're more oxidized. More loud. Yeah, for terpenes sure. will oxidize and they will off gas. And but it's it's just important to keep everything as close to ideal as you can. And as a home grower, it's so hard to keep ideal. So mm-hmm. let's just aim for a, a, a shoot. And, and, you know, I think uh, Scotty, I saw a recent clip of him. He said 70, 70 and 55 or something. He said something really crazy and everybody was hating him on, him on in the comments. And I was like, well, that's super realistic. Cause man, this, this guy, you're in a house and that he got on the podcast and was talking about how guys, you know, I wasn't basically basing this off of ideal i was basing this off of the fire that i've been smoking at home and this is what i get it's 70 and 55 take it or leave it yeah he's basing it off reality which is what mm-hmm. he can achieve at his grow 10 day dry 28 day cure boom you'll have the I best think, ever i think another big thing that people definitely forget about is just not exposing the plants to light at all mm-hmm. no light the, mm-hmm. the less light ideally zero light mm-hmm. that you expose those plants to is mm-hmm. best because as soon as they see any type of par they're gonna start photosynthesizing again whether or not mm-hmm. they're chopped or still attached you know it, they're still gonna have a little bit of photosynthesis going on as soon as they see that light and that's gonna slow down your drying pl- process a lot 100 percent, and and that is the the to explain to people out there is the trichomes are the protective pigment of this plant. So your plant is trying to protect what's inside, which are the seeds, quote unquote, the seeds, which are in the flowers, which are covered by trichomes. Yeah. Trichomes have all the oils that we love, right? Um, The medicinal things, the medicinal qualities that we love. But at the end of the day, UV murder these things. Like Jock said, just a little bit of light murder these things i 100 percent recommend uh the amber jars um they they you know they just look a little amber or like the honey jars if anybody sees a little honey looking jars it's just those those off color jars because if you are going to have it in the light you'd rather have it going through a jar like that than a clear mason or a clear ball or anything like that so yeah just a little bit of tips to finish it off for today so you're talking hold on just to clarify are you talking even after you've harvested what do you mean because you're talking about jars i mean my my comment was mainly on the drying process yeah oh yeah like when I'm, they're I'm actually 100% talking about after i'm 100 talking about after i mean yeah i mean if you're at it and this is I, you know not necessarily led light but we're talking about something that is is relatively active um, on your on your thing still these oils are still pretty active um, the biggest thing is uv people that are putting this in their car and having a clear jar and they put it in their passenger seat or they're putting stuff this is a big one is plastic bags guess what this is a huge thing plastic bags are carbon right they are made from carbon guess what else is made from carbon trichomes right they can pass through that boundary they're poly- polycarbonates right and they can pass pass through the polycarbonate the the basically the 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 lining the thing it makes the lining that it makes right when we have glass we're having basically stacks and stacks and stacks of of uh, structural 
atoms, not polycarbonates. Polycarbonates aren't as structurally intact as something like like a piece of uh, of glass, uh, which I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure glass is just like silicon. But do not quote me on that. You know. <clears throat> okay, but, interesting. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> some of my jars are exposed to light sometimes because they're in my room, kind of just in the closet. You know, I turn the closet light on. They see some light. My room lights on. They see some light. Oh, yeah. But a couple of my jars are actually in the dark in a drawer, and that's, that's the fire. Mm-hmm. That's the and fire, and that's people. The, like, that's the ones that are continuously changing over time. Mm-hmm. People like Seven Ten. People like Green Dot in Colorado. These guys. I mean, I remember going to the dispo, and they grabbed a jar from a refrigerator. And this jar was in my hands and it was like a 68 degree jar on a 90 degree day. I'm like, why the fuck did they just give me a cold jar? And it's because they literally will pay for their dispos to have refrigerators just because they want the Terps to stay fine, not degrade. Notice how everything in the dispo is black jars. It's so that nothing degrades. If you have a clear jar and it's just been in that light all freaking day, it's going to degrade by the time it gets to to the patient. So... It just things to think about, and and I think that's where the the true boof, man. The true boof is always in the clear, always has the clear bags. I just I, I think other people can vouch for me that have been to dispos and bought dispo weed. The best weed is in the black jars, but you can smell it beforehand. I hate that's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. I hate when they give you shit and you can't smell it beforehand. But we're not going to get into our opinions <laughs> today, man. I think that is you know the drying process all that stuff it wraps wraps me up for the day what about you yeah i mean speaking about wrapping up um i might start wrapping my jars in some gorilla tape just to kind of try and get that darkness in the jar instead of letting that light penetrate it now yeah, and I, I recommend, dude, guys, go to, uh, and I know people are say, no, you're crazy. Go to Goodwill. I have a great friend, Danny. I know he listens to this shit. So shout out, Danny. But he goes to Goodwill. He goes to, you know, these these uh, these stores. Um, and these jars are 25 cents. Amber jars, black jars, huge. You can get ginormous ones. And they're like 25, 50 cents because, you know, it's fucking Goodwill. But, like, dude. Huge. That's a huge tip for the day. If you need a black jar, yeah. I mean, Gorilla Tape's what, ten bucks for a roll, and you'll be able to wrap a million jars with that shit. So, I mean, it's yeah. worth the investment. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna but, see. I mean, I might have to hit up Danny and have him go pick me up a freaking black jar that's ginormous. Because um, <laughs> now I got all one strain. I'm doing a monocrop, so yeah, I really only need one I, big jar. But I only got I, a little wide mouth. Um, I Mason saw them at jars. the Amish store, bro. I saw them at the Amish store. They're they're freaking they're amber jars. They're basically just just baller. I don't think they're baller brand, but they're just baller freaking huge. I think they're one galloners. One galloners, bro. <laughs> That's where all yeah. my buds going. <laughs> That's something I need ASAP. Dude, I dude, worth worth the investment. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna see. I'm gonna go on Amazon after this and see if I can find one. But yeah, that, that about wraps it up for me. So awesome, grow in love to all that made it to this point. And thank you guys for listening to our the weekly checkup of our grows. Make sure you guys go follow the Instagram at THC Tutors and leave a like on the most recent post, which will probably be Noah's harvest by the time this comes out. And as always, 10 talks are up every Sunday. So stay tuned and grow our love, guys.
yeah, grower love guys. And, and yeah, thanks for staying along with us today. We talked for a little bit, but a lot is going on. And hopefully Giacomo gets back in town and he's going to have more good news next week. That is the goal. I hope so as well. Peace out, guys.